Hey guys, welcome to Creative Entrepreneur. Today we have a great guest. We're going to be talking about building a marketing business and cradle to grave social marketing for your business. You don't want to miss this episode, so stay tuned. Coming to you from San Antonio, Texas. Welcome to the Creative Entrepreneur, a podcast created to help entrepreneurs build their business. Branding, marketing, analytics, positioning, and lead generation, plus interviews with other business owners to learn from their successes and failures. Now, here is your host, Abel Garza. Hey guys, welcome back to The Creative Entrepreneur. Today we have an amazing guest. We have Roman Prokopchuk. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you for having me on. Awesome. I'm really glad to have you on the show today because I'm excited to talk about one of my favorite subjects, which is marketing. And I understand you're a marketing expert. You're building a business. You're helping other clients build their business through marketing. And I want to understand the cradle to grave social marketing perspective. So why don't you start out by giving me a little bit of information as to who you are, what you do, and what you do for your customers. Yep. So, I mean, I can go as far back. I'm a first generation immigrant uh, from Ukraine. I came here when I was five to the United States in 1990 with six other family members to a two bedroom apartment, went to school for criminal justice, interned with the Secret Service, graduated when the economy tanked 2008, 2009. Couldn't find a job like many other people. So I was down and depressed and I had an opportunity. Somebody at the gym basically told me, to uh, go out to his car, he, uh, he handed me a packet and said, basically, you want to do this, learn this. So it was pretty much the only opportunity I had. So I took it upon myself to uh, read up on it and a month or two online in terms of research and practice and kind of jumped into search engine optimization. And that was my start into uh, digital. Mm-hmm. So I've held three director roles on the agency side. I've worked with some Fortune uh, 500 clients. To this point, I've worked on over 600 campaigns. And in 2012, I started my own agency focusing on small, medium, and large-sized businesses. So I've worked with you know, your brick-and-mortar kind of uh, local business all the way to you know, multinational uh, corporations. Yeah. Yeah. And most recently, you're a foster parent. I don't know what's more difficult, building a business or being a foster parent. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say a foster parent. So since uh, June first uh, of 2018, me yeah. and my wife uh, have uh, 20 kids in our home. Awesome. So. Well, congratulations, man. I, I, I mean, there's nothing better than being able to take care of of these kids, and you know that they need it. They need it, and people like you just opening your heart and your home to them. It's an amazing, it's an amazing thing. Um, one of the things I want to know is is Building a marketing business, it seems to be the the thing nowadays. I mean, everybody type in marketing and everybody has a marketing business. But I don't know if anybody knows how to really, really build a successful marketing business because it's ubiquitous. It seems like that, that you know, you can go overseas, you know, if you type in uh, something on online and, you know, click funnels and you got lead pages and you got all these other companies coming out and, and helping other people build their business. How do you start? What are the three things that I need to start a marketing business? Well, a uh, knowledge set. So a lot of the companies popping up are a lot of generalists, not necessarily practitioners. So they'll take a course or read something, but don't necessarily have, you know, real world experience in terms of campaigns or websites they worked on. So I would basically figure out something in a situation where you could maybe work for somebody else first mm-hmm. and then transition to it. 
or if obviously you're interested in that kind of a line of work and you've already, you know, are familiar with websites or code, it's a good kind of starting point. So mm -hmm. also starting with a digital marketing discipline, which is kind of going to be your core pillar. So being very good at like one specific thing, what you're known for. And then obviously there's a digital marketing uh, ecosystem that all kind of connects. So mm -hmm. understanding components of that and being good at it, but have a competency of, you know, being strong in one kind of subject matter. Mm -hmm. So having a focus and a clear focus because, you know, not everybody can do everything. Any agency Absolutely. you go to, they have their kind of go-tos in terms of they're the experts in video. If it's a creative, you know, mm -hmm. agency, video, audio, uh, imagery, uh, or storytelling versus, you know, other executionable uh, agencies where they specifically fulfill campaigns on your behalf. So you have to understand what that agency is good at. Oftentimes you may have to use more than one or oftentimes an agency will collaborate with others, but you have to find someone that has the expertise to do so. And a lot of agencies kind of do a one size fits all approach. So it's like a conveyor belt, like yeah. building the you know Ford Model T, everybody gets the same thing. Mm -hmm. And with digital and your company, and your brand online, it's not a one size fits all, you know, mm -hmm. different businesses, different industries need to target clients in different places and need to be branded differently. So you started out with SEO, right? And so you branched off into other areas. Am I assuming that you branched out into other areas? So you have like a team put together already? Yeah. And I personally branched out my expertise into those areas as well. Um, I started kind of in the legal vertical. So uh, when I left that first opportunity I had, I worked with a company called LexisNexis mm -hmm. in kind of their legal side. So they worked on small, medium, and large size law firm campaigns. And before I left, I was working on clients that were spending six figures or higher in terms of uh, law firms that are on the bigger size, multi-office um, multi and in terms of uh, verdicts one, either in nine or 10 figures lifetime, you know, verdicts one. Absolutely. And then I thought about it and I didn't want to pigeonhole myself because then social media was in its infancy. It started developing more. Mm -hmm. And I try to connect the dots. Like, obviously, this is going to be popular and this is going to be a avenue to market. So understanding strategy for each social channel that kept coming out, how that connects, how I can use that, how I can use it in a uh, the favor of a client. So as something else comes out, you constantly have to be uh, focusing on emerging kind of uh, technologies in terms of digital and how you can utilize that for your clients as well. So, so speaking of strategy, how do you approach your client? Like once I know you're going you know, to get a client eventually, uh, you, how, how is it that you approach your client with the idea of marketing for them. So once you've already got this guy, he said, yes, I want you, you're, you're my guy. What is the first step that you take? Well, it depends the scenario, which a kind of lead prospect or potential client comes to you. So if it's, you know, someone unhappy with their existing situation, uh, someone that doesn't have anything or any presence, I mean, it's still 2020, there's companies and uh, businesses out there that don't even have a website in 2020. Yeah. A situation where like you're starting with like a barren like a blank canvas so i think it's very dependent on the situation the client comes to you but kind of the first start is auditing what they've you know done over a period of time and what's actually out there to uh, better understand what you have to do because oftentimes 
you can't get to the things that are going to make the difference because you have to start with the point where you have to fix a lot of things to get it just to a, you know, break even point per se. So what is, what is your approach though? Do you do a, like a shotgun effect once you've established what niche we're going to hit first or what demographic we're going to start out with? Do you do like uh, multiple campaigns and see what hits? Well, basically understanding first, understanding the client or the business, what are their kind of needs, who are their target audiences, and then understanding where that target audience spends majority of their time online. So usually creating kind of a, a tailored approach because I don't necessarily recommend kind of putting all your eggs in one basket because oftentimes clients come to you and they want instant results. Well, if you're proposing something like search engine optimization and if you're in a very com uh, competitive uh, niche, it's going to take a while. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes clients don't understand that it's not like an on and off switch. It's, you know, a, a building process. Mm -hmm. So things like paid search, paid social, incorporating organic social, and other means into their strategy to you know target if it's a b2b company obviously i recommend linkedin mm -hmm. and run ads on linkedin if their budget allows obviously some some companies don't have the market spend in order to maximize or reach the potential that they're looking to reach so they may have a goal but their budget doesn't match so figuring out what that kind of healthy balance and what they can actually get for what they're willing to spend absolutely i mean SEO, I mean, there's, it takes a while to get to where you're going and, you know, little by little, you're pecking away at those keywords and, and you're, you're, you're establishing different approaches. You know, you got YouTube and Facebook and you got all these other social medias that you're trying to tie in and you got blogging and, you know, uh, there's, there's just so many to tie in to try and create that SEO uh, for your website. So it just doesn't happen right away as much as you'd like it to. Uh, I mean, there's times where I've started a company or a business and we've moved up. And actually that was way back when, uh, Google had a different algorithm then. So it was easier, I think, to get up into the ranks, uh, with Google. I think now there's just so many websites out there right now. You have to really hone in on the particular type of business that you're working with and really focus on those exact keywords because it, I guess you're not really working with 10,000 searches. You want to maybe work with a, a minimal amount to make sure that you're going to get those customers or those leads from, from that select few. What are some of the challenges that you face when you're dealing with clients that, that want SEO? Them maybe focusing on like one money term. So like this make or break thing that they want to rank for. And if they're not there, they don't see themselves that the, the campaign is a failure. So, I mean, there's other things that, you know, are more attainable um, in terms of doing keyword research and putting together your kind of content strategy uh -huh. and your keyword strategy that go hand in hand to uh, understand the competitiveness. Because, I mean, something may have, let's say, 5,000 searches in the U.S., a month, but it's way more competitive than something else that's close to it. So figuring out like what is the easiest thing to attain or where low hanging fruit is and how to implement that within your content strategy as well. So because a, a big part of that is uh, back in the day, you can basically keyword stuff. You know what I mean? Just yeah. run on and run on 10, 15 years ago, you would rank. Now it's a lot more about the user. So presenting content that the user actually connects to. Because if you do rank on the first page, 
but your bounce rate is super high and you add no value, eventually you're going to be knocked off the first page because Google and other search engines want to present the best information on that first page. Mm -hmm. So information that users are going to keep coming back to get. So if it's irrelevant information or they're not getting the experience or the information they need, they're going to go elsewhere or further and, and Google wants to keep you on the first page or present the results on the first page that are the, the best matching to what you're actually looking for in terms of intent. So you have to change their mindset. You have to help them understand that this is not going to be an overnight thing, that we have certain processes in place that will help you get up there. You might not necessarily get to the first page, but we're definitely going to move you up in the ranks. You know, So what steps do you take to get people or, or give them the best option to get to that number one? Well, I mean, obviously, like you said, it's an ongoing process. So it's ongoing work behind the scenes. So when you, you know, finish a website, redesign a website, refresh a website, create new content for a website in terms of content strategy, you put it on the site and oftentimes clients think, okay, the content's there. Why isn't it working? Okay, well, the site, if you are taking your over, like one part of search engine optimization is the technical SEO. So how the site is built. How the code is, is it clunky, is it heavy? How fast the, the site actually loads and the page speed mm. that's affected by how obviously the site is built. That makes sense. And then another component is offsite, which is kind of link building mm-hmm. and link acquisition, the links and websites that point to your site, yeah. how authoritative they are and kind of they're, they get treated like upvotes. So you know, if it's a reputable community, if it's similar to what you're doing, it's like a vote of, you know, trust yeah, basically yeah. and adds value and then there's different types of link do follow and no follow do follow kind of pass that direct seo value to boost your site and then no follow don't but they do have value in terms of referral traffic as well so those are kind of the three components that you're constantly really working on obviously you're making updates to the the on-site and the content or tweaking you know title and description tags and the metadata things of that nature. And then now in terms of highlighting data for, you know, structured snippets and things of that nature, but you have an ongoing kind of thing in terms of like, it's a PR component. Mm -hmm. So this is a good, uh, actually opportunity, a interview on a podcast. I highly recommend to clients going on doing interviews and having their own podcast because it's a modern day form of kind of link building. So you're getting that PR and that branding, but you are getting all those links back to the, from those podcast websites, Obviously, this is going to be syndicated and distributed to, uh, you know, apps like, you know, Apple uh, Podcasts and uh, Spotify and iHeart. So it's actually a great situation that I recommend in 2020 in terms of an offsite component for uh, any SEO campaign. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, it's like everybody has a podcast nowadays and you wonder how they're ranking now because of the podcast. And a lot of people that start a podcast, they branch off into businesses and they start, you know, a, an entire business based off of their podcast. And a lot of people have businesses and they branch off into a podcast to, you know, support uh, the content and support their business through their podcast. And then, of course, you know, they bring people on and talk about their business. And it's just a great way for people to link and partner up and resource and and it's just a great way to get those backlinks, like you said. How much do you think I would need to spend if I was a young business and I wanted to get SEO? Uh, I'm 
you know, I didn't have a website and I'm starting from scratch and that probably is the best way to do it <laughs> instead of redoing the entire website. But if I was starting out and I wanted to start getting my business visibility, or I should say visible online, how much, how much am I going to be spending on that? How much would you say that is, is a typical spend on that? Usually a reputable, uh, company that maybe it's a small business it has a local brick and mortar location one location i would say honestly around a thousand dollars a month um, that's work and then all the additional things so things like like i mentioned link building well there's certain things that require direct funds that you can't necessarily get into for free so if mm-hmm. you want a listing let's say on inc.com in terms of having your business uh listed so that's 30 bucks a year so something like that is an added expense. Obviously, that's factored in, but something U.S. based that you will see results at some point. I would say on the thousand dollars a month. Usually, anything cheaper, the the agency just has a face in the U.S. in terms of office, and then that all that work is offshore. Basically, that's the only way for a lower price point that all that work would mm-hmm. necessarily be done. So instead of me as a business trying to uh, freelance or get freelancers to do every single aspect of the SEO. You are an all-inclusive SEO marketing agency, correct? Yep. So you optimizing you your inc- website and then having your website as the pillar and then having all these other mechanisms drive traffic to your site. Awesome. What are some of the successes that you've seen, you know, from your customers? Like, like you started the, the, their SEO, what are, what are some of the things that you were like, man, I can't believe this just happened. I can't believe we were at like number one in this short period of time. What did we do? Well, in the, in the legal vertical, uh, pairing SEO and paid search in terms of Google ads is always a good idea if you have the budget. And, uh, if you don't, it, that, that's fine too. But in terms of keywords, Legal vertical keywords for uh, Google ads are some of the most expensive. Mm. So you have things like uh, mesothelioma, lawyer, an attorney, and things of that nature. In law firm, oftentimes you're spending like $150 a click. So Mm. (laughs) because if you have a mesothelioma case, that's like an automatic lock in terms of a verdict. I mean, it's sad to say because if someone has mesothelioma, it's almost likely that they will be passing from it. So the government kind of has like a fund to pay that out, but for, for things like personal injury as well. So in the legal vertical, I would say like a high net uh, divorce. So simply targeting certain areas or more affluent areas and basically structuring content. You also have to understand kind of your target audience. So in this example, like a law firm, if you're doing criminal law, you may want to speak more uh, directly or the language a little simpler because some of the crimes, obviously, the the IQ and the education level of you know certain criminals, obviously, maybe not white collar crime, but your typical burglary, assault, things of that nature, most likely than not, there's an education correlation also. Mm-hmm. So structuring your content that way, and if you're uh, targeting something more affluent, obviously, the 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 verbiage has to be a little bit better. So I would say certain uh, targeting certain areas and pairing local search. Uh, organic SEO and paid search to really drive uh, effectively when a client was ready to leave and positioning it that way and giving them uh, max results. Because I mean, if you talk to any kind of divorce attorney, they all want that big, you know, 
yeah. assets of millions of dollars to divide because obviously they're going to get more money. Yeah. And then other things like we do like directly uh, brand building. So building brands from the ground up in terms of product launches and stuff like that. So when uh, a few years ago before like social media or Facebook was uh, capped in terms of their organic reach. So kind of figuring that out and getting as much organic reach uh, over paid reach, the same amount kind of figuring out their algorithm, what it takes to rank in terms of content mm -hmm. and basically running different contests where they were still somewhat legal. I think uh, social media platforms started cracking down on incentivized sweepstakes and contests oh, wow. are really driving traffic and driving uh, additional followers to uh, different accounts as well that way. Mm -hmm. So we talk about organic searches for for businesses that you're working with and, and getting them leads and getting and generating more income. I'd like to know how you are using those types of strategies to get business for yourself or for your business. That and I think that mainly word of mouth that other people I worked for and other companies that have uh, executives that then went on to another company and basically had a good experience. So my start was already in the kind of the digital marketing uh, niche or the industry. So like mm -hmm. I have 11 years of experience. So I have that kind of added and built, in, uh, built trust. So I've worked with, you know, hundreds of professionals that understand who I am as a person, because they, I mean, they like to, you always like to work with somebody that's genuine, you know, have, has good character, that kind of thing and can get you results. Yeah. So results driven. So I get a lot of referrals that way as well, but obviously optimizing the website, adding fresh content or content in that way. Also incorporating the podcast, uh, now building a dedicated site for the podcast, but also incorporating it on the company site as individual blog posts for each episode. And mentioning that each episode is sponsored by, you know, oh, company wow. Novazora Digital and utilizing it that way as well. So, you know, capitalizing on that content that's constantly driven because at this point I have 40 episodes in queue. So it's just like a, a churning of, that's awesome. you know, good content. <laughs> Congratulations good on that. <laughs> yeah. It's, that's a it's, challenge it's, in itself. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> exhausting. But then you have the other thing of the guests ideal situation the guests basically promote that episode to a certain extent for you yeah. so obviously they share it through social they'll share it to their email list newsletter on their website one form or another and then mm -hmm. mention obviously when people go look at it that company or your company's mentioned as well so that kind of goes back to businesses starting podcasts and podcast uh, businesses developing over podcasts that are starting so that's kind of a I guess, a, a, a two-pronged approach in that sense. Yeah, well, that's amazing information. I'm, I'm glad you said that. You've been doing this for 11 years now. Where do you see your career right now? Is it uh, nascent or the beginning stages? Or do you, do you see a lot of room for improvement right now? Yeah, I would say um, if, if I was to go in another company, it would be kind of VP or senior VP level. But um, I, I like the freedom of working anywhere. I like the freedom with working with different professionals and different companies. And at, that, at this point, I think it's the part of your life. So what's right for your family? What are some of the rules that you live by? Like on a regular basis, you know, did they contribute to your success? I think at this point, um, I would say if you are starting out like a digital marketing business, oftentimes to pay the bills, you're forced to take, you know, any business. You may not necessarily even agree to it. So I think taking clients that align with who I am in terms of an individual and what I stand for 
and uh, a lot of kind of purpose-driven uh, businesses as well. So I do a lot of pro bono. I work with different charities, helping them out, you know, promoting events, driving traffic, uh, giving recommendations, obviously free of charge. So kind of pursuing passion projects and having the flexibility to do so and having clients, businesses align because ultimately the marketing agency is an extension of the business. So if the business succeeds, you know, the agency succeeds and you both kind of share in that success. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Uh, well, so how can our listeners get a hold of you? Yeah, I mean, if you look for or Google my name, Roman Prokopchuk, I mean, there's other ones in the world. It's not in Eastern Europe and uh, <laughs> parts like that, but you can find me on any social channel. If you Google my name, you'll find that. If you Google uh, Nova Zora Digital, you'll find that. If you look for my name, you'll find my podcast as well, or just search for uh, the Digital Savage Experience. Awesome, awesome. Well, there you go, guys. Roman Prokopchuk, it was a pleasure having you on the show. You're an inspiration to me and our listeners. I'm really happy to have had you on the show today. Thank you. Thanks a lot. If you have not subscribed, hit the subscribe button and log on to the creativeentrepreneur.net. And until next week, keep on keeping on. Thank you for listening to The Creative Entrepreneur. Please click the show notes for additional information. Want to know more? Click on the subscribe button and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by visiting us at tcepodcast.net.